This is The Lydia Project, Conversations with Christian Women. Our name is inspired by the life-changing conversation that Lydia had with Paul, recorded in Acts 16. On this podcast, you'll hear from a variety of women whose lives have also been impacted by the truth of the gospel. Your hosts, Tori Walker and Taryn Hayes, hope that you too will be challenged and inspired by how the gospel truths are being worked out in the lives of their guests, ordinary women who serve an extraordinary God. Today, your host is Taryn Hayes. Welcome again to the Lydia Project, Conversations with Christian Women. I'm Taryn Hayes. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you two very special guests, And they are an example of the kind of relationship that you can have one-to-one with another Christian woman. Now, one of our book club books is a book called Growing Together, Taking Mentoring Beyond Small Talk and Prayer Requests by Melissa Krieger. It's a fabulous book. It's about what mentoring is, and it's also a bit of a guide to how one can intentionally work through scripture and good questions to develop spiritual growth in a mentoring type of relationship. Tori and I both highly recommend the book, and if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I do recommend having a listen to hear more about the book and the value it may bring to you. Now, as I said, this chat today is especially to hear from two women who have been in a mentoring relationship for quite some time. It's a real-life example of the kind of relationship that God can use to grow and shape you alongside someone else to be more like Him. Have a listen today to what just one kind of intentional one-to-one relationship can look like between two Christian women in today's world. Jan and Chrissy, thank you so much for being willing to chat to me today about yourselves and about Jesus and especially this wonderful mentoring journey that the two of you have been on together. Welcome. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Thanks. So this chat today with you too, Jan and Chrissy, is especially to hear from two women who've been in a mentoring relationship for quite some time. So we're going to structure the questions a little bit differently to our other podcasts. But I would like, love to hear from both of you, first of all, how you came to faith and then afterwards to chat about your relationship with each other. So starting with you, Jan, how did you come to faith in Christ? Uh, in my early 30s, I grew up in a very strong atheist household. Um, and so any conversation about church was really disparaged. My God, I suppose, was trying to please other people and stay out of trouble. Um, wasn't very satisfying and in my um, late 20s I was feeling exhausted from feeling like I was a failure the whole time and trying to keep up with the um, the shifting goalposts of the world and what was acceptable and what wasn't and uh, tried new age philosophies for a while and that was no good Um, and just happened to run into a minister from a church and we got into a few conversations and he came to visit me one night and he told me that Jesus would never condemn me if I gave my life to him and he actually read a verse out of the Bible from Romans 8 and that was the best news I'd ever heard in my life mm-hmm. and so a couple of days later I just took what felt like this enormous plunge to say, well, I'm going to follow this Jesus without really knowing anything about the gospel or uh, what I was getting myself in for. And so my parents were disgusted um, and I think my mother never forgave me for it. But um, I've never wavered from that decision, even though it's, you know, been hard at times. But yeah, so 
quite a sudden entry into the kingdom. Yeah. And how did you grow from that point onwards? Well, I had to start reading the Bible and going to church. Um, I was so hungry spiritually. I was at church every time the doors opened for the first few years. Um, and being encouraged to join small Bible study groups and, and to experiencing the love of fellow Christians. Again, it was really quite different from what I'd found in daily life. Just, yeah, I suppose really a lot of prayer, crying out to God to, to help me uh, with all the sort of anxiety that I had and all the doubts that I had. Um, so it's just been... Um, a day by day proposition with some really dry times sometimes and other times where it's been much more fruitful so it's just keeping on going yeah mm. hanging on mm. that's awesome Chrissy what about you um, well I grew up in a Christian home so that obviously introduced me to God from quite a young age but I don't think I ever really took it seriously until I was about in grade 10. Um, it was more a list of rules and things that were strict and the gospel hadn't really fully entered my heart. And then at the beginning of grade 10, I switched schools. It was a really unknown, nerve wracking proposition. And I'm not sure why, but I just turned to God in that. And I realized that maybe I could trust this person who I'd been told I could trust my whole life. And maybe I could have a relationship with him that was deeper than I thought possible. Um, so that was when I became a Christian. And then that was really nurtured um, at Northside Christian College, which I was going to, and has continued in relationships with people at church, growth groups, reading the Bible, yeah, lots of prayer ever since then. That's awesome. And somewhere along the line you met your husband? Wasn't yeah. he in school with you? Absolutely. Grade 10 as well. Big year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So the two of you have been in a, a mentoring relationship for quite some time. Um, I know it's, it's not as regular nowadays as it was when it started. Could you tell me how it is that you ended up together in this mentoring relationship? Well, it was organised by somebody else. Um, I didn't know Chrissy. I knew who she was. But at the time at the church, there was a program of getting several young adults to do part-time ministry uh, at the church. And part of that involved each trainee meeting with an older person, but also meeting with a younger person. And so... The, the guy who was the late church pastor at that time asked me whether I would be willing to be a mentor for Chrissy and I said, yes, why not? So uh, that's how it started. And so we worked our way through what both of us found not a particularly satisfactory little booklet that had been given to us as this is what you do with your mentee. Um, but we found that... Um, it was really, it was a really rich time meeting together, um, and so we decided that we wanted to keep going even when Chrissy had finished her year of traineeship. So and we have for you know another four or five years after that. So. That's fabulous. So when it started, how did you? Were you nervous about it? How did it feel? 
I think it was more of a gamble for Jan than for me because I was being paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> she was volunteering to spend time with this young person she'd never met. Um, but I was actually surprised with how quickly we clicked mm. and really grateful for that because it could have been a very awkward experience. Which would have also been fine and we could have just said goodbye By there the and then. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I felt quite soon that we were kindred spirits and have found, yeah, just a lot of value from this friendship, as unlikely as it mm-hmm. might seem in a different context. Yeah. 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 Had you had any kinds of friendships like that before with older women? Not in this sort of depth or breadth. I definitely have memories of being looked out for and protected by older women at church when I was little and mentored by people who are not too much older than me, but a bit older than me, which was also really important. But yeah, it was definitely a first for me to to meet up every fortnight at a stranger's house. Yeah, that was actually my next question was, how often did you meet together? It was about every fortnight, initially. Okay. Every fortnight for about four years. Yes, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so initially it was, because of your traineeship program, every fortnight it was organized by somebody else, but you loved it so much that you carried it on yeah. beyond mm-hmm. that because it was only going to be for a year. Yeah. Okay. And so obviously you didn't stay with that first book. No. <laughs> um, after that, what else did you do? It was a real mixture of books and podcasts uh, and Bible, books from the Bible as well. Um, and so we we did things like um, listen to every free Tim Keller podcast on <laughs> Psalms. So we would listen to it beforehand. We'd make our no- notes on our reactions to it and then we'd discuss it afterwards. Or we read um, um, a book by Tim Chester called You Can Change, which was again about you know and what's your relationship with God is distinct from what do you know about God that was a very challenging book um, we read um, uh, we w- went through the book of James didn't we and um, we even ventured into some minor prophets for a while there that was quite different from anything we'd done before um, and um, we read a couple of um, strictly not non-christian strictly non-christian books but nevertheless with um very christian values underneath them by a woman called Brene brown Mm -hmm. who i think is actually a christian but doesn't write as a christian yeah i think we generally had the pattern of for a few months we would read a book of the bible or a few books of the bible and then after that we would do a different book that was either by a christian author or by Brene brown normally um and I think the general theme of all of the things we studied, whether it was the Bible or a different book, was they were all pointing us towards a deeper relationship with God and a deeper understanding of God, not just in our heads, but in our hearts, mm. which was really important for both mm. of our growth over the yeah. last few years. So we, especially when we would come across, say, a verse in the psalm, Psalms that, we really struggled to appropriate uh, because it just seemed didn't seem to match up with our own reality or whatever. So we talked quite a lot about that, and and, and then we would pray for 
for us to be able to to appropriate that verse or to believe the verse about you know verses about God being good or always being there or whatever. And so, I suppose always wanting to enlarge our um, our our understanding of God and our uh, relationship with Him. And did you feel that you were able to do that in the time that you're together? Yeah, we've still got a long way to go, but we did. We made progress, didn't we, Chrissy? Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I think our application from most weeks was, yeah, just praying that God would help us to believe the amazing things that he says are true mm. about himself yeah. and about us. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So what else have you found to be quite valuable from your time together? I think the fact that it is, a relationship that is quite unusual yes in today's in our, in our culture yeah um was really really valuable just to have someone with a whole lot more life experience um and a lot of wisdom but to relate to them on a really human level rather than someone to see as some sort of guru or expert mm. um, and to just be able to walk through the struggles that we were each having together and with God as well was a really important thing mm. for me and super valuable. Mm. Mm. And it was interesting, I mean it was really special for me because in the time we were together, Chrissy got engaged, got married, <laughs> finished her degree, um, yeah. Uh, got a job in the army, all, all these really big things happened in her life. So it was very special for me to be with her through that and to be praying for God to be supporting her through all those things. And if you don't mind me saying, sometimes she'd say, you know, Andy and I have had a fight, and I'd say, yep, okay, right, it still happens when you've been married for 40 years. So we would have a talk about, um, you know the reality of marriage and how challenging it is but how do we approach it with God's help so for me that that felt very special to me that I could say to her there's actually nothing wrong with what's going on you know but this is let's let's approach it you know with God's help so yeah I just just it's been very special to be at this crucial part of Chrissy's life yeah and when those um, topics came up, how did you feel? Did you? I think what often happens is young adults go into Christian young adults, especially go into marriage or going into these big decisions, feeling that it's very clear what kind of relationship the Bible wants you to have, and then when you don't hit the mark, feeling like you're the only one. So to have Jan speak into those situations and say that's totally normal um how did that feel for you it was really important i think over the last few years as you say with all of these quite big things that happened to have not only you letting me know that i wasn't alone but giving me the space to share mm. about those things because I think those struggles are not necessarily something that you share a lot with people your own age, mm. or probably not to the depth that we did. Yeah. 
Mm. Um, I would always leave Jan's house having cried and felt better. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like feeling more human and more sure of my worth and identity and security in God, despite any of those big circumstances mm. that were happening. Mm. Yeah. Some women who are listening to this might be saying, this is all fine and well. <laughs> I mean, it sounds lovely, but it was organized. Your relationship was organized by somebody else. You guys just clicked. You clearly both have a level of interest in reading the Bible. You value that kind of relationship. Um, they might say, well, that's not something that's going to work for me. And they might have a long list of objections. And so I was thinking about the types of objections people might have to this kind of relationship. And I thought, I'm going to just list a few that have come across my radar. And then perhaps we can just together just talk about that. And so any of the ones I mentioned, if you can just pick up, pick up on them and talk about what you think about it and, um, and any advice that you'd like to pass on. So here's a list. I, being in a one-to-one -one mentoring relationship is not for me because I'm not good at sharing my faith or getting deep with people. I know more about the Bible than most older women I know, so what can they offer me as a mentor? Or I don't know enough about the Bible to be of any help to a younger woman or to an older woman. I just find it really uncomfortable and awkward. I don't really have time for this. My life is busy. Um, I'm terrible at keeping something going. I'm likely to end up quitting and I will feel like I failed. And what if I find out that I really don't like the person I'm meeting with? <laughs> so yeah, how would you respond to some of those? The one about not liking the person with... I've actually been in that situation in the past where, again, the church was trying to organise something and put a random group of people together and it just didn't work. And I thought, I've just got to acknowledge the reality of this and so pull out. It's probably valuable if you're thinking about wanting to do something like this to sort of have the, the rider up front that, look, let's try this and if we don't think we click, then let's call it quits and no hard feelings because if you want it to continue, I think there does need to be some sort of connection. Yeah, yeah. And I think the same thing applies to the objection about not being able to finish things and worrying that you would quit. And also, I don't have time for this. I think one thing that was really helpful for us was setting clear boundaries around yeah, we're going to try this for a year and then we'll reevaluate. Um, we're going to meet at this one place about every fortnight for about, about an, an hour, hour. About an hour. And yeah. have quite a structured approach to it because then we always knew at the end of one session we'd book in the next one. And it was quite a busy time for both of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was just a part of the rhythm of our week. Um, that we prioritised. And also, we were kind to each other in that if mm. if we'd had a really busy week, we'd say, I can't do it. And there was never any sense of, you know, oh, well, well I've failed or she's failed mm. because they're just accepting the reality of life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and about the Bible, you know, not, not feeling like you know enough or knowing too much, um, to me, that speaks to sort of the head level of um, approach to the Bible. And um, I think that regardless of how much you know about the Bible, if you can approach it in terms of 
what am I learning about God through the, even if it's just you know one chapter or whatever um, going into it with a really open mind and I suppose just wanting to let the the Bible minister to you for the power of the Spirit to be working as we read the Word and to be letting it challenge us or comfort us or whatever just with open hearts I think and um, and there were times when we didn't really understand, you know, one passage might connect with another. So we'd just go and try and do a bit of reading about it. So we never fussed about the fact that um, we didn't really know the answers. In fact, one book that we we, we read by um, an English theologian called M.T. Wright called The Challenge of Jesus, that was really a bit too much. And we both admitted that and said it was a bit too academic. And I subsequently found out that when this guy writes as N.T. Wright, he's writing at a tertiary level, whereas if he writes at Tom Wright, he's writing for people more our... Um, and I thought, oh, if only I'd known that at the beginning. But it's, um, I'd think, just humility, you know, it, and it doesn't matter, I think, if you don't understand um, the Bible uh, as well as you think you should, um, because it's it's a book that I think we'll never properly understand as long as we live. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It was definitely an insecurity that I had going into our meetings is oh. that I didn't know the Bible super well. And yeah, I think you're right about the humility thing because I just kind of embraced that, that this would be a time where I would get to know the Bible better, I would get to know God better. And there were countless times where we'd read something and you would say, oh, that reminds me of this other passage in this part of the Bible. Let me find it. And then we'd delve a little deeper. And that was so cool to see that you had that knowledge of these things and you could draw on that to gain a deeper understanding. And so that really encouraged me in my Bible reading um, and just, yeah, nourishing that inner life a bit more. So... I found it very encouraging to be with someone who loves the Bible and is just keen to get to know God better. Um, and I don't think I ever worried about it again after the first day. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I do think some people might be listening to this and going, uh, like, that is great, but I'm still really scared because I don't know enough Um and especially older women who might feel that they don't know enough to pass on to younger women. Um, I'm just listening to you to, and just thinking through the many conversations I've had with people around this. My encouragement to them would be, that's okay. Yes. <laughs> because the point of reading the Bible is to, to grow in our mm. understanding and our knowledge. And mm. so this is a wonderful opportunity to do just that. Mm. And to come at it going, I'm actually really green. I don't know much about it about the Bible or mm. I know I've been a Christian for 30 years but if I'm honest I'm still really much a child in, in mm. how much I know. Well, we had no shame about using anyone else's resources either. Yeah. <laughs> anything, anything we could to help yeah. us you know because oh, there are so, so many great thinkers out there and think, well let's just mm. use them you yeah. know and and not feel bad about it. So, yeah. so what you were saying early on about humility um, going into that being honest I think that's so key because otherwise you're going to go into it constantly trying to keep up a facade of knowing stuff. Yeah, or, and be stressed about it yeah. in the process. And mm-hmm. we've talked about how 
Jim would give me advice on occasion if I was having troubles. Um, but I would say for anyone who's looking to mentor someone, that is not a thing that Jan ever did until probably three years into our meeting together every fortnight. <laughs> she didn't offer advice or anything like that for a very long time and just let me share instead. And so you don't need to have all of the answers or all of the wisdom to share. It's really more about walking together through things rather than having all the answers of how that other person should walk through the things. Mm. Mm. And even um, as the older woman, I certainly don't have my act together and there were plenty of times when I could say to Chrissy, oh, I'm really struggling with X. So I would tell her about that and then we would always pray together at the end. Um, we'd try to capture the, the main issues that had come up in the process of the reading and talking that we'd been doing. So she would pray for me as equally as I would for her in whatever was the issue at, for, that, that had come up that day. As I'm listening to you, what I'm hearing is two women who have grown in enormous respect for one another, um, despite knowing the more raw parts of, oh, of yeah. each other. Yeah. And I think that's incredibly valuable. It's to It's a more real mm. relationship. So... So just this year, because of the way things have been, Chrissy and I have probably only met up once a term, you know, like every couple of months, and we've had a coffee together. But it means you can just go in at a really deep level straight away, you know, to find out how each of us is really going, you know, below the surface. So, yeah. 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 I remember seeing you at church one morning, and it felt very odd to make small talk with you because we have never done that before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it would always just launch right into what's yeah. going on really. <laughs> I think getting to know each other better and being really vulnerable with each other over time and loving and respecting each other through that and showing each other how we didn't think any less of each other for mm. our sin. Mm that we acknowledged it and brought it to God, I think that is a really helpful portrait of how God loves us as well. Yeah. And so that was really special to have in a relationship with another person that was very stable and consistent. Mm -hmm. Because obviously we're not as stable or consistent as God in that, and I'm mm -hmm. sure we judged each other over the years. But mm -hmm. knowing that God was the ultimate example of that mm. and I think we knew that more and more mm. over the time that we met mm. that we didn't have to earn his love yeah mm. yeah that's awesome isn't it wonderful when God's attributes can be mirrored in in the people around us and then mm. we go oh yeah and if we're so flawed, it's that whole thing, you know, the loving father who knows how to give good gifts to his son and how much greater God it is, it's that kind of picture. So it's exciting because you go, oh, God, if, if this woman can love me in this way and you're perfect, how much more you can. Exactly. There was one other objection that I was thinking about too when you were saying uh, that the church had organised it so you couldn't mm. do it yourself. I think if someone has is a desire to do that, why not see if you can get help from the church to be yeah. connected however that might happen because 
one of the things that has really I really valued coming into the church in my 30s was walking into this group of people who spanned all ages because in my life beforehand was only ever like the two generations my parents and, and us kids and and I never formed relationships with my parents friends really they were just these adults and so I had a very sort of one-dimensional generational action uh, interaction I suppose and I was really surprised to find that in a church so church cultures that seemed to be working well to me that there was mixing across the ages um, and uh, and I think as a Western society we've lost that a lot particularly with families moving away and so on you just don't often have grandparents around so I think that if there is a younger woman who's looking for an older woman or an older one who would really like to tap into the energy enthusiasm of a younger woman and don't really know anyone then maybe be bold and ask is there some way that this could happen and that's the sort of thing that I, I know I really appreciate you've been doing in our church of trying to get women mm. together but if there isn't a Taryn <laughs> in your church you know is there some other way that that could happen um, and I think if there's if there were uh, my my dream would be that there were lots of these connections on a, you know in either one-to-one -one or just very small groups across the generations because I think that really strengthens the whole church and really enriches it so that's that's something that's really important to me and I think because I've always longed for that I was so excited really when Mitch said to me would you be willing to um, mentor this young woman so yeah. yeah so I love the suggestions go to your pastor that's a good lovely starting place um, another thought that I've had um, just in other conversations with people is that this is something that can grow out of natural relationships but something you said now I think is so key is to actually put ourselves out there so one of the thoughts I had was that for older women to not necessarily think okay I'm going to find somebody to mentor and get into this mentoring relationship but to actually show interest in a wide range of, of young people mm. um, and invite them just for a once-off coffee or a once-off come to my mm. house and we'll make you a meal or whatever. Um, there are many ways in which you can connect just as a once-off and in those little once-off connection points, um, you know, those can quite naturally lead to a second connection point and then that's how you can identify mm. people because you don't necessarily have to come completely you know, cold mm. um, to somebody and not have ne you know, never engaged with them before. And mm. I think in a prayerful way, be meeting with these people, asking God to help you mm. identify somebody who might benefit from mm. that kind of relationship. And I would say the same for young people. Mm. Um, in talking to somebody else this week, um, she was saying that one of the things she does when she comes into a new church, because she has to move around quite a bit, is to dive straight into being involved and inviting people and so even though she finds it uncomfortable mm. and it's you know it's not easy to do she does it anyway because it's a way to serve others and through that she's developed these beautiful relationships with people in the church and she's been there maybe a fraction of the time of other people who don't know anybody mm. um, and then through that those kind of relationships mm. have naturally occurred for her mm. um, and they might not have been as as um, 
structured as this kind of relationship, uh, mentoring relationship has been, but she's got many of the benefits from that mm. and obviously has contributed quite well as well. Mm. So I reckon there's many, many ways to make this sort of thing happen, but the key thing is that we both put our hands up here. Yeah. Mm. Say, pick me <laughs> or, yeah, invest in their lives. Um, any other thoughts about the objections people have had? They're not good with sharing. That's that's mm. a big obstacle, I think, if you're not used to doing that. It takes a lot of courage, I think. So mm-hmm. um, I guess if there was a woman who wanted something like that but was put off by thinking, oh, I couldn't share, perhaps they just need to be praying for a while for God to be working in them mm-hmm. um, and to help them do little bits of sharing in some other context just to discover that perhaps the, the sky doesn't fall in and, <laughs> and for God to be guiding to a safe place to share, not somewhere where the response will be, oh, you, you shouldn't be yeah. feeling like that or whatever, um, because I think that can be a real obstacle um, to, uh, to get, having a deeper relationship if, you, if you're too fearful of exposing so it would be a question that that, that woman is saying, why am I afraid to uh, share what's inside? Um, what am I? What do I think is going to happen yeah. if I do? And they're not having time. I think that's uh, that's a, often a real killer, isn't it? Um, and I suppose I just see busyness as one of Satan's best um, ways of keeping us Christians from having a deep relationships with other Christians and you know with other people just by keeping us incredibly busy and um, again I guess that's just praying for God to show is there some way I can change my life so that there is time for this and change my priorities so that I'm I actually want to put this above something else so yeah yeah, there can be a lot of internal roadblocks I think to this sort of thing and yeah. just our own willpower won't get us there because I think that's where you find yourself in a situation saying well I'm determined I'm going to get into a mentoring relationship but because you haven't dealt with what was stopping you in the first place then it does fall away, fall yeah. away. Yeah. I remember somebody once saying that you make time for the things that you love mm. and um, a person told me that I happened to love running <laughs> and I had to, happened to love reading and I went oh yes if I, if I, every time I say I don't have time, if I think about how much I read, mm. and I read a lot more at that stage, um, then yes, it does. It totally makes sense. And so, if we recognize that, we can also recognize that we can make time for the things that we actually value mm. in terms of importance, even if we don't necessarily love it. <laughs> mm. And we do that every day. We're constantly having to make mm. priority. It's a priority. It's where on your priority list would it yeah. sit? And I wonder also if we could say to somebody who goes, oh, I don't know if I want to be in that kind of relationship because I really don't want to be going, you know, having DNMs with this woman I barely know. Yeah, yeah. Um, that they don't actually, it's a wonderful benefit, I think. It's a great thing that comes out of these kind of relationships and definitely um, a good reason to be in a, in a mentoring relationship. But just the pure act of reading the Bible with somebody else without necessarily divulging all your baggage mm. and your past mm. or current stuff going on in your life. Just that in itself is incredibly valuable mm. and good. And I would 
encourage somebody to to mm. even just be looking for that and if it naturally over time becomes something yeah. uh, more deep and meaningful and the other thing is I mean Chrissy and I didn't just suddenly leap in and all of a sudden we were doing this yeah. you know if we were very sort of tentative we almost. were acquaintances we were, yeah yeah so I mean <laughs> yeah. it probably wasn't until we were into the second year or something like that we started to be a little bit more vulnerable yeah so yes it's it's um it's unrealistic I think to think that anyone's going to just want to jump in and be their soul to somebody as you say that they hardly know you want yeah. to build a relationship and get a sense of them and in that in that time you also would get better at sharing mm. your faith and your life and knowing what level of vulnerability you feel comfortable with with that person mm. yeah um yeah and just on the time thing probably not as good of a check for older women potentially but for younger women if you feel like this is something you want to do but you feel like you don't have time just I mean it's such a cliche but just check your springtime yes <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yeah. it's always a confronting one so mm. yeah <laughs> we have more time than we realize <laughs> absolutely mm. absolutely yeah. I and think it's on Facebook really yeah. 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 yeah or four <laughs> <laughs> Or what? Or, or four, four hours on Facebook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Social media or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's true. That is very true. So you've clearly enjoyed your journey together. Um, and you're still meeting occasionally, which sounds awesome. And I know you're both involved in other ministries as well, um, in some shape or form. And life carries on, and I'm sure there are many other challenges in your life that you bring to the Lord. So... Maybe I'll start with you, Chrissy. What would you say is keeping you standing firm and growing in Christ? I think the knowledge of how stable and secure his love is, no matter what I am, is a very comforting thing. Mm. And I think people around me really help me to stand secure in that, whether it's through one-on-one relationships with people or whether it's just seeing someone at church live out their faith yeah I think the more I look around me the more that I look for God to show me that he is good the more I see that he is mm. what about you Jen? Um, every day spending time in his word but really trying to make sure that some of that time at least is where I let the word work on me rather than oh I've got this Bible study to do and I've got to answer these 10 questions before tomorrow mm. um, I mean there is some of that for Bible study groups but letting God's word work on me um, reading books that um, challenge me about how I'm going in the way I live my life for the all the rest of the day when I'm not actually reading the Bible um, and so two of my go-to authors are um, Tim Keller and Pete Scazzaro, um to challenge me as to how I how I live as a Christian and challenge me about how shallow or deep my faith is in various ways as well as regular fellowship with other Christians at church or in the Bible study groups um, I don't have a huge amount of time for socialising outside those things but yeah that and and my husband and I are always having really great interesting conversations about you know what he's read lately and what I've read and we have you know we have lots of good conversations so I feel like I've 
got this little conversation with God going a lot through the day, you know, where I'm saying, you know, help me in this situation or give me wisdom here or whatever. Or I'm sitting in the car and I think of somebody who I want to pray for, so I do. So I suppose I feel like I'm trying to live in this this environment of, that's saturated with God, you know, doesn't always happen, but that's what I'm wanting to do anyway. I like that an environment that's saturated with God. So I feel we, we can often be a bit compartmentalized in our thinking about things, and mm. that's one of the dangers, isn't it? Mm. That we we go to church on a Sunday, we go to our Bible study, and you know we have a quiet time, and it's all in these little blocks of time, and then mm. the rest of the time uh, we it's go just about, secular. Yeah, yeah. Mm. but to have every moment of our life informed by who God is and what He's done for us and how we respond to it is just so so good. Mm. Yeah, but it takes real consciousness I think it's like keeping God in the front of our minds the whole time mm. yeah. I think it takes an enormous amount of humility because it's easy to not think about God when we doing things we shouldn't be doing or if it's or inconvenient yes, yeah. It might be, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's convenient to have told that little white lie because yeah. of yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. and not go actually mm. was that godly mm. yeah well I've loved chatting to you and I'm sure we could chat a lot more about a lot more things and if we had more time <laughs> Um, there will be many more gems that you can share but I think it will be very inspiring for others to go actually maybe this is something for 2022 mm. I hope it will be thank you We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Lydia Project. We would love you to share this episode with others, whether that be by word of mouth, social media, or leaving a review on iTunes. You can find us on most platforms using the handle at TLPCWCW. Music is Wholesome 7 by Dave Depper, and voiceover is by me, Jennifer Mary.